Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey guys, it's Clint. Once again, before we get started tonight, if you are interested in one of the most original Christmas gifts you could give someone who is interested in this subject, that being the bronze casting of what is known as Littlefoot, the infant-like foot with a very large big toe and quite wide for its length that was found in the Cascade Mountains amidst a myriad of other footprints, footprints that some would consider big, if you know what I mean. Littlefoot is cast in bronze and makes an awesome paperweight oddity conversation starter. So if you are interested, oktalkemail at gmail.com, oktalkpodcast at gmail.com, or find Daddis Perry on Facebook. Give me a shout. Probably going to stop taking orders, you know, within the next few days. Want to be sure that everybody has a chance to get them before Christmas. It's $30 for one. And if you are interested in purchasing multiple ones, we will probably be able to cut a deal with you. It's just a tiny little way you can help support the podcast. But more than anything, I just think it's a really cool gift. And we thought that uh, we should make them available. So anyway, give me a shout. If you are interested in the little foot. back I stumbled onto a podcast and that podcast changed my life 
and like so many others, I became enthralled by a magical land called X. As a radio professional, I was impressed with the host's delivery. Then as quickly as I stumbled across it, it ended. It was because of that podcast that I finally made the jump to start my own. I met a guy who makes movies, and our connection through that podcast led us to work together. And through us working together, I had my first experience. The two guys we have on the show tonight, one of them has been on before, and the other, well, getting him on the show has been more than a year in the making. Brian Brown proved as elusive as the wood ape of the Watchtals. We're honored to have Brian and his fellow NAWAC member Brandon Lentz on to talk about the latest from Area X, their new podcast, Apes Among Us, and what it means to spark the imagination of a generation of dreamers. Due to a mutual commitment to family, our chat was far shorter than I would have wished. However, I think you'll find this hour or so packed with fascinating information. Matt and I are honored to be able to talk with some of the most influential members in the community today. That's not lost on us. And I will say that no matter your opinion on the goal of the NAWAC in collecting a specimen, you can't help but admire the passion and the dedication of this group to the study of this creature that, let's be honest, most of the world holds in the same regard as a unicorn. And as with religion and politics, I don't believe our differences in opinion divide us. Rather, I think that's what makes us human. So without further delay, please welcome Brian Brown and Brandon Lentz as we reach them in the great white Minnesota wild via the miracle of telephonic communication. So I hear we're talking about, what, football on the show? Uh, uh, yeah. Sports in general? Yeah. yeah, big football talk is what yeah, we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> fantasy, fantasy teams. Drafting, um, I'm 7 drafting 5. Kids. I've won 5 in a row. Oh, look at that. Really? You know? yeah. Great. I'm very good at uh, clicking things on a computer. All right. I think we're just about ready. How does the mix sound? Uh, yeah, everything sounds good. Yeah. I like to make sure I'm, I'm a little hotter than the uh, the guests so we can drown them out whenever we need to. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's conservative talk radio for you right there. What's up, Brian? Brandon? Clint. Hey, man. Howdy, howdy. Hello there. Brian, an official hello to you, sir. Greetings. Happy to be here. (laughs) Thanks for being here. I got a question right off the bat, man, for you, Mr. Brown. yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about this on the hurried drive over here. How does it feel to be... The Leonard Nimoy <laughs> to a vast array of millennials in the subject of the Squatch. 
Um, well, I this is the first time hearing of this, so uh, I'm going to have to sort of come up with something on the fly. I don't know. You know, I I, uh, I like to tell people about things. You know, I like to explain things and, and try to do it in a way that doesn't make me sound like a know-it-all or a pain in the ass. And so I think most of everything that's sort of driven me in, in what I've done uh, publicly in this in this field and the subject has been trying to sort of just spread the spread the information around you know um to help people understand uh more about this animal and, and the people who who look for it so that's been sort of my what i've been driven to do you know as i in the first uh apes among us the the nawac podcast that we're doing now i said something about how john green was my role model and while i don't I'm not trying to compare myself to him in any way because what he did was was remarkable and I think is is um, unequaled in the field. Um, that sort of thing, that sort of like being the guy to help, you know, explain stuff or tell people things, um, especially things that I was learning myself for the first time, has, has just sort of been what I've tried to do um, when it comes to this animal we call Bigfoot. I want to I want to tell you the first time I heard you and I heard the Bigfoot Information Project podcast. Yeah, old school. Um, I was floored. I really thought you were a radio guy. <laughs> no. He should be a radio guy, right? Like, he's, he's got a very NPR voice and delivery. Very, very NPR-y. And in fact, <laughs> and I told Scott the same thing. that I kind of jumped on the Bigfoot show bandwagon as it was driving off a cliff. But Sorry. I, but I popped on your website and I was like, I, I, I made a comment of just like, dude, Brian, wow, you you sound like you should be in radio and it's fantastic. And your delivery yeah. and the, I, I, I feel like I could tell at a certain level when it got uncomfortable for you to realize that people were looking to you as a truthometer. It was almost as if when you started having your experiences in Area X, yeah. people were telling you, "I believe in Bigfoot because of you." Yeah, no, that 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 I, I I've heard that from a lot of people. I, what I've heard, you know, I've heard that. I've also heard people say that they take the subject a lot more seriously because of what I've said and. Um, the things, you know, my, how I related the, the, the events that have happened to me. And, and that means a lot to me, of course. You know, I, my, my position is you shouldn't believe um, in this subject just based on anyone's word. But, but, of course, it does mean a lot to hear people say that. And, you know, I have people in my personal life, my, my, in my real life, <laughs> people who don't necessarily listen to podcasts, who don't dismiss the subject out of hand. Um, for the same reason, because they know who I am and, and they know I'm I'm a relatively serious person, and um, so yeah, that 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 means a lot. But it, it it is also you know there's a little bit of a like wow, <laughs> you know I've never even met you, <laughs> you know? for sure, for sure. You get a, you get a comment like that uh, coming in, um, yeah, that that's 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 something. I, I remember I forget who it was now, but they were telling me that they could on that that one episode of the Bigfoot show where I was relating the events that had happened 
in X, not the first time I was there, but the, the time that we saw the two running up the hill and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they said they could just hear it in my voice. They could just hear like the, like, oh my God, all of this is, this is all true, <laughs> you know? And, and, and they could just like, and if I go back and listen to that show now and I, I listened to it, I don't know, about a year ago or something. And uh, like the other guys are just sitting there, like they're just dumbfounded. They're not saying anything. <laughs> like they don't even know what to say. It was but, great. It was yeah, dramatic. Yeah. And that's what I mean by saying that you are the Leonard Nimoy of your time, because <laughs> it, it, through that medium, you reach so many people. And it's one yeah, of the, I'm, it's what, like Brandon, for example. And it's one of the things that Seth yeah. Breedlove and I had in common immediately was that we were both complete Bigfoot, Bigfoot show nerds. And you kind of restored some sort of, uh, not even really restored, but you you did. You lend credence to the subject, which is yeah. Well, a, I appreciate that. A tip you. of the cap to you. Now, in saying all that, can we can we talk about um, the vast array of the land of X? Since I know there's many valleys and such. Uh, yeah. wh- how's it going for you guys? It's going well. Uh, you know, we've we've wrapped up obviously for the year because it's it's uh, it's winter now. Um, winter in the Washita's. That's going to be our country album title right there. Winter in the Washita's. But it, it's winter now, and so we're not uh, we're not active. But but it was it was a year. Uh, I think we learned quite a bit this year, and um, uh, I, I anticipate that we're going to to build on 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 all the things that that we've learned this year. Next year, you know, we're. We're doing things a little differently now. We're kind of out in the woods now. Um, we're like a little in, little deeper into the thick, uh, if that's possible, than than we were before. And uh, and we've just we've I, we've 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 every time we go in there, every every season, I feel like we pick up more knowledge, and um, it's it's really exciting. I mean, it, it's it's um, I, I consider myself very fortunate to be part of a group that that can pull this off and, and has the, the membership that it does, the, the ability to put, you know, teams in the field for months at a time, um, has a sort of like the, uh, the, the fortitude to, to pull that off. And, and, um, it's just really something it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. And I mean, Brandon, um, being someone who's relatively new, that can probably speak to this better than I can. I feel like I've been living on the inside of this for, most of my life, <laughs> in a weird way. Uh, I, I spent uh, two weeks in Area X this summer, and both of those weeks were just absolutely incredible. And I, I, I had encounters with a full-time, not midway, but they were definitely around. And every time I go there, I have some sort of ape encounter, and I learn something. And they're definitely there. You know, every time I every time I go there, I have some sort of experience with wood apes, and that to me is just incredible. And I consider myself very lucky. So I know the um, the end goal is to get a, a specimen, and, and you say you're, I guess, changing up your tactics, so to speak. Do you see yeah. a light at the end of the tunnel? Do you think that what you're doing now and what you plan to do next year is going to further that, that goal and you're getting closer than you have before? Yeah, I, I would say our end goal is is conservancy. You know, our end goal is to establish the animal so that, that its habitat can be conserved, so that right. the animals can can maintain, um, you know, a viable population in, in, in at least that area. And, and so to that end, um, collecting a specimen is, is the most efficient way of, of establishing them as, as, as actual animals that walk the earth. 
you know, as I'm not, I'm not a hunter myself, but I think anyone who is a hunter knows that a large part of, of, of trying to, um, acquire, uh, any sort of animal like that is, is a lot, there's a lot of luck involved. And, um, so we can, I, I feel like, again, we learn more every year and we become more experienced. Um, but at the end of the day, all we can do is be as prepared as possible for, for that one moment. Um, you know, the, the, as I've said in, in other, in, in other venues, part of the problem is that we're, you know, the, the animal that we're looking for, that we're trying to, to collect a specimen of, you know, is, is often one that you only see for just a moment if you're lucky to see it at all. And in most cases, uh, in fact, I had many conversations about this uh, very recently with people in the group, um, almost to a person, the first time you see the animal, you think it's a person. So, you know, if you, if you try to imagine yourself being in a situation where you're in the woods, you're deep in the woods with the intention of collecting this animal, um, you have to have a encounter that is lengthy enough for you to absolutely positively identify that as not a person <laughs> when your brain is telling you, who's that guy? You know, is that one of our guys? Is that like, you know, is that Brandon? Who is that over there? Yeah. And by the, t- by the time that happens, it's over and you've missed your shot. So I, I, it's, it's a tricky thing. I want to ask you about that because I, that was something I noticed listening to, to apes among us. Um, and I, I really liked hearing all the stories and almost to a man, this, the, the story was, I was out with, uh, you know, who, whoever, or they were out yeah. somewhere else. I was off by myself. I saw something. I knew it wasn't the people I was with, but it took me, it took me some time to actually wrap my mind that I saw one of these creatures. Right. And to me, and now I, I'm obviously naive, having not seen one. But to me, I would, I would think, well, isn't that what you're out there to do? If you see something that you feel like looks like one of these creatures, you know, it's not who you're with. Um, uh, my first thought would be, oh, well, that's it. But it doesn't yeah. sound like that's the case. It sounds like there's, no, well, I, I there's a certain – what's Paul that? Bowman's, I think Paul Bowman, who's, who's, who's in the group, his, his encounter is, is almost perfect because he, did, he didn't necessarily think it was any one individual who was out there with him, but his first immediate reaction upon seeing um, the ape was like, who, who's that guy over there? Like, who is that? Yeah. Is, that is that one of our guys? And again, that – the you know five seconds it takes you to have that conversation with yourself like who's that dude like what is that you know that's it that that's oftentimes that's your entire sighting that actually would be a, a rather luxuriously long encounter right there like who is that guy over there is that is that Daryl what is that on his head and then then it's gone um, typically you don't even have that that much time I mean, I I've not had, had that experience the the animals that I've seen I think were all pretty clearly what they were, but I'm also wasn't in a position where I was going to shoot one. So again, it, it's just, it's just sort of a luck of the draw and, and kind of a luck thing more than anything else. What were you going to yeah, say, Brandon? Uh, I was going to say both encounters that I've had lasted for all of three to four seconds tops. And by the time that I realized what I was looking at, they were long gone. And not enough yeah. time to drop my rifle and try to get a clear shot at whatever I'm looking at. And to a person, the, the the people in the group who who are sort of cleared to to be a shooter, to take a shot like that, they are all absolutely overriding thinking about safety and making sure that they are taking the correct shot. It is it is absolutely the case that that like to a man, 
um, they want to make sure that, that what they're what they're drawing a beat on is is what they're trying to get, and and you just don't have a lot of time. So you, you kind of have just have to wait for the perfect sort of set of, of circumstances to 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 rise up. Now I, I would have said that that we were. I, here's what I would say to answer your original question: Are we getting any closer? I don't think we're any further away than we were three or four years ago. I don't know that we're, we're we can get much closer. I think we're prepared to do it. I think we have the right people in 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 the location. I think we have the right the right gear, the right weaponry, the right everything. Um, all we need now is the right opportunity, and that hasn't quite shown up. Now we did have a very very close call a couple of years ago. Um, a, a, a shot that was taken through thermal um, that unfortunately went into into some trees and, and was probably deflected by a very very small branch, a uh, very small twig that we found was actually shot. The animal itself got away. We believe that the projectile was was deflected by the uh, by the twig, but so we just need another one of those. And in that case, that animal stood up out of the bushes. It was clear what it was. It was it was huge. Um, it was on thermal. You could see that it wasn't a person because people look very distinctive through thermal. Um, it was very clearly an ape. It stood up out of out of some sort of like undergrowth, and uh, the shot was taken. Unfortunately, what you couldn't see through the thermal was that there were some branches in the way. And that's actually been a learning in, uh, experience for us because we've actually changed our load. We're changing what we're actually firing now to be something that can punch through that stuff better than what we were shooting prior to that. And uh, my answer to that question is I think we're as close as we can possibly be. We've got all the right people, like Brian said. We've got all the right tools. We're in the right area. And we've got people on the ground. We've got people on the ground for six months out of, out of the year. And that's exactly what it's going to take to be able to get a specimen of one of these animals. It's just a matter of luck and persistence. And, and we've got persistence. Now we just need the luck. Right. Uh, a couple of other questions. Um, what are you, what are you guys doing as far as audio? Because you had, of all of the things that you've put up, and obviously the Reign of Rocks is really, quote unquote, famous from your stuff, but there is a clip, one of those 14 clips that you have up mm-hmm. on the site of the faux speech. Right. At woodape.org when I first heard it there's something in there that it almost sounds like cussing You know what I'm talking yeah, about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it sounds like it says "get the f away." Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what a lot of people hear. Um, I, I, it, I, I mean, I don't know. Excuse me. I, I don't, I don't believe it's it's human speech. I don't think that that, that the animal that made that sound, um, and and it was an animal that made that sound. That that the 
we have recording before and after of our guys on that microphone, and they're significantly clear. Whatever this animal was, it wasn't as close to the mic as our guys were, and our guys weren't even on top of the mic. Um, I, that's what it sounds like. I think that's, you know, our brains are really good at sort of identifying patterns and, and trying to, you know, assign logic to them. Sure. So we hear these sounds, and, and to us they sound like words. I think if you if you played it for someone who's a native Spanish speaker, maybe they wouldn't hear Maybe they'd hear it entirely different set of words. I have no idea. Um, but I, I think that this was, you know, what, what is compelling to me about that audio is that it sounds very much like something you would hear on the first Sierra Sounds disc. And um, even, even sort of like the long, drawn-out sort of, not really a growl that it makes, but the, the, the other sounds that you can hear, the sort of woofing and, and sort of... The gurgling noise. Yeah, the, the other sounds that you can hear on that, on that, on that recording. Um, are very reminiscent of the first Sierra sounds. And um, I, I think it's just sort of a, almost like a pareidolia effect, you know, in audio that, that you're hearing these sounds and, and, and sort of discerning words. Right, right. I understand that. Um, let me uh, let me see if this will, I think this will work. I, oh, wanted, I wanted to compare it to one of the things that, uh, that I recorded when I was up at uh, Devil's Creek. Cool. And and I it struck me how similar it sounded. Let's see if you guys can hear this. Did you guys catch that? I heard something. Well, right there at the very beginning there's a bah! Yeah, I heard that. And then uh and then there's a little bit of silence and Yeah. Then it uh kind of again more of a sentence as it drowns off or whatever, or just more. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I was struck though, the, through the headphones here and everything in the studio, it, it almost ha it sounds like the exact same ape as it were, which I just thought was really fascinating. And ever yeah. since I first heard the faux speech that you had recorded, that one of of all of them, I had wanted to ask you specifically, because I think at one point you said that you thought that there were people in a cabin yelling at it. Well, there, well our guys were, were in the cabin, what we call the South Cabin. They were actually um, sort of posted um, upstairs in the South Cabin looking out. They were sort of like calling out into the night. They were sort of trying to elicit some sort of response. Right. Um, and they did not hear that. Excuse me. They didn't hear that, 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 that that sound um when it happened it was actually one of our guys going through the audio um on his own of his own of his own accord um months later that when he found it but at the time our guys never even heard that that's so it it wasn't um it wasn't apparent to them in the moment it was one of these it's it's almost like these people that take a picture of trees and find the bigfoot later that's kind of what happened uh -huh. but with audio um <laughs> they uh they they just didn't hear it and and there's a lot of um, environmental sound in there. You know, there's a lot of insects and everything else. So it could be that they just sort of um, yeah. couldn't hear it or, or heard it or something else. Yeah, that was one of the main things when I was in Arkansas and recording that uh, David Ellis up there in Washington was just like, my Lord, the yeah. frogs and the cicadas. And yeah. to me, being from Texas, that that just sounds like the that's nighttime normal. in the summer. Yeah. You know, that's... Uh, uh, you know, the first time I was in Area X, it was it was uh, over, I think it was Labor Day that year, so it was in September, 
And the the it just blew me away. I've never heard anything like that in my entire life. Now, of course, I've heard it. You know, it's it's relatively um, old hat. But at the time, I just I could not believe how loud it was um, all night long. You know, they just keep going and going and going. And and that does make you know it isn't like that all year long. You know, very right. early in the operation or very late in the operation over the course of the summer, you'll you'll be able to hear a lot better. Um, but but in those months, yeah, it's it's it's, it's cacophonous. It's crazy. Yeah, it's deafening, and a lot of the times you don't really know what you're missing as far as sound goes just because the insects, and this year we were dealing with a lot of frogs because our campsite was taken by a pond, and on this pond there was hundreds of frogs, it sounded like, and we couldn't hear anything over them. That's awesome. So a lot of the <laughs> uh, a lot of the sound that we're hearing coming out of, um, out of Washington deals with... Um, uh, a lot of uh, mimicry and stuff like that. Are, are you guys yeah. hearing it, even if you're not recording it, are you hearing yeah. things like that uh, going yeah. on around you, or is it is it different? Yeah, we have um, we have members who believe they've heard things that, that, that you could describe as mimicry. Um, we, we have lots of members who have heard, heard faux speech. Uh, as far as I know, we've only recorded that one time, but, but uh, we, we have members who have heard it um, on several occasions. Um, different members. Uh, it, it's and the mimicry thing is something that that, that as I said, there uh, there are a handful of members who have had experiences where they where they believe what they were hearing was mimicry. I don't know if in in the case of of the of the speech, the faux speech that we recorded, our guys weren't saying anything like that. So if that is mimicry, I don't know what it was mimicking right. or who it was mimicking. Because our guys were clearly not saying that. They were saying the opposite. You know, if they were saying anything, they were saying, like, come closer. <laughs> you know, like, come on over. Um, they certainly weren't saying to get away. So if, if it was just sort of like, a, you know, just making, like, word sounds that it had heard other people say, I, I suppose it's possible that it may have heard someone else say that. But, but our guys certainly wouldn't have been saying those, those particular words. Uh, Brandon, last time we had you on, you got our hopes up a little bit with this radio beacon that was uh, that was placed out. Are there any updates yeah. on that? Or are you going to try that again this coming season? Or um, what? What? Where does that stand? Well, the tag that we had attached to an animal has since gone dead. We presume we tracked it all over the summer, and we've got a lot of data on it. But in the middle of the summer, the the tag battery like died, so we were unable to track it any farther. Mm. But it was a very successful operation as far as the tag goes because we were able to successfully deploy it and get an animal to attach it to itself, which is something that I don't think has ever been done before. So we'll definitely be trying again next summer for sure. Now, so it was a very, very useful tool for us. Why is it that you guys kind of slow down over the winter? Because um, at least around at least around here, like we just had our first freeze last yeah. week and one thing that um one of my guys there in arkansas who owns eighteen thousand acres right there intersecting the creek and right next to the preserve uh his he was like as soon as we get that first freeze come up here because that's when stuff starts moving around more is it because you guys feel like the leaves fall, or is it something to do with the elevation? I was just there's a, there's a couple of reasons. I would say that, that one of the things is that, that we've we've discerned over the years is that having that that tree cover 
um, makes them much more bold and much more likely to come in close. And, and we want them to come in close because that's how we're going to have an opportunity to collect the specimens. So, so, but, but the leaves also get in the way of that. But if the leaves aren't there, you know, we've been in there all times of the year, and our experience is that, that in the summer months is when they will come in much, much closer because they feel much more comfortable. That's our interpretation of, of, of what we've experienced. Also, quite a few people in the group are educators. They're, they teach, so they have the summer months available to them. Um, so we just have more manpower available to us over the summer months. Right. Um, and, and so it's, it's sort of a combination of those things. I, I, I just think it's we have had more activity and more experience in the summer than we have in the winter. It's, it's more difficult for us to, to, to man up. We have more daylight in the summer than we have in the winter. There's just a, a, a number of reasons. Um, and also, of course, when you get into fall, you have hunting um, and, and that sort of thing. So that would that would cause us to not be in the field. At all, we wouldn't be out there during hunting season at all, just because there's too many other people and too many other things going on. And again, safety is 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 is, is very important to us. And we don't want to be in an area where well, we know people hunt in there. So during hunting season, they're going to be in there, they're be hunting deer, they're going to be hunting whatever. Uh, we certainly don't want to be doing what we're doing uh, during that time of year. Right. And I think another major reason for that, as you mentioned, Brian, is the, a lack of manpower. You know, we're we're an all volunteer organization, and guys take vacation time from their working families to the spring summer and we simply just don't have the people to be there all year. I wish I could be there all year. You know, if I if I had the proper funding to do it, I would. But like I said, we're we're all volunteers so we, and we just don't have enough people to be there twelve months out of the year. Now that said we have had a couple of teams in there this winter. Um you know, we're we're well winter and fall. We we've been trying to um but these are more of more of like uh sort of logistical trips. We're trying to identify uh, campsites, you know, good good ways to sort of enter the area, you know, navigable roads, that sort of thing. Um, so, so we're in there, and we're documenting experiences that we're having, um, and, and and we believe that that, that we are um, experiencing ape activity when we're in there, even at, you know later in the year. Um, but as I said, our experience tells us that um, months in which there are leaves on the trees are, are better for us than months that aren't. So um, with your new show coming out, Brian, you've done a, a couple. Brandon, this is uh, a, a new show for you. Um, there are much less contentious topics to be involved in, such as religion or politics. So <laughs> how does it feel or how are you navigating the many pitfalls and all the different personalities of the of the Bigfoot community? Brian, like I said, you've you've done it for a long time. Uh, Brandon is relatively fresh to this. Uh, how has that been for you guys? Brandon's kind of fading. Hang on just a oh. sec, Brandon. Right. On that last answer, he kind of... Yeah, kinda, he's breaking up a little bit. kind of like he got swallowed. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe a, since... Maybe an ape caught him. Maybe, <laughs> since, we've only, since we've only got a few more minutes with you, though, um, have you... Has your life become more peaceful since you've isolated yourself from the Bigfoot community as a whole? Yeah, you know, I... I you know, to sort of also kind of answer your last question, it, it's... Um, I'm really only dealing with people in my group right. who are yeah. all fairly reasonable individuals. <laughs> um, so I, I'm really not. Uh, I'm really not in, and, and I'm just not as involved in you know the quote unquote Bigfoot community as much as I was. And and yeah, I think that's good. I mean, this is kind of what I wanted. You know, I wanted to be more focused on 
actually going out there and trying to answer some of these questions. And, and the, the Apes Among Us is kind of an attempt to continue to tell the story and to to educate people, um, but in a way that is, is very selfish, I think, on my part, in that I'm really only dealing with people who I know to be, who are above board and curious and high-quality individuals who can say some pretty cool stuff, <laughs> you know, when it comes to... I'm super excited about our second episode, um, which we are in production for right now. That's going to be all about this radio tag that you asked about um, a little earlier. Mm. Um, it's basically the entire story of the radio tag from, you know, where it's... Um, oh, yeah, Brandon just sent me a message that everyone just sort of disappeared. <laughs> um so yeah, it's it's really all about the radio tag. It's about um, you know, sort of the genesis of the idea, uh how we figured out a way to um hang these tags so that that an animal could sort of self-tag itself, and that's the thing Brandon was talking about that has never happened before as far as we know. And we've looked in the literature um in all of the ways these tags are used in sort of like, you know, mainstream bio- biological research. Uh we can't find any instance of an animal that was that tagged itself for study like this. Um, and then the, the various readings that we were able to collect over the course of, of uh, um, you know, winter into spring and summer of, of this year, it, it's, it's really, you know, I, I, as we were, you know, in our most recent member retreat that we have every fall, just looking at this data and, and talking about it as a group and, and the implications of it, it's just, it's stunning to think that you're with a group of people who, could tag and then record biological data about an animal that most people think is as real as a unicorn, <laughs> you know, but yeah. like you actually have now data, data, like not just like anecdote, but, but actual like recorded data that tells you what this animal's range could be. Like this is the stuff we know about animals you can go see in the museum, right? I mean, this is, this is, it's just, it's, it's kind of mind boggling. Um, and, and again, I just, I just consider myself so fortunate that I could, I could be associated with a group of people who could pull something like this off. Cause it is absolutely what you'll hear in this next episode of Apes Among Us. It's a huge team effort. You know, there are so many people that are involved with the idea generation and like, let's try tags and how are we going to hang the tags? And then, then we're building on, 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 you know, literally a decade or more of experience. Um, it's just amazing. It's, it's really, really, really cool. Not, not to spoil your next episode, but you guys were able to learn some stuff from that radio tag, even if you couldn't ultimately yeah, find absolutely. the Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, those who will sort of look at it skeptically, the, the thing that we cannot say for 100% certain is, is what animal we tagged. But I think we can go down the list of likely candidates and say, you know, the tag itself was six and a half feet up in the air or there, thereabouts. Um, it went over an area, and again, I'm not spoiling too much, but, but many tens of square miles. I mean, this is a huge area, up and down mountains, um, all times of the year. It was moving when bears were asleep. It has a range that, that is greater than any other animal there except maybe a mountain lion. And it's at a, it was hung up in a tree in a way that, that makes no sense to be a mountain lion. I mean, a mountain lion isn't going to be able to grab this tag as far up as this was. So I think that you can make some deductions and say, well, it can't be this, it can't be that, it can't be this other thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so clearly we had something tagged because it was moving around at all times of the year. 
And as, as we go through the, the accounts of, 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 of how we were tracking this animal, we actually had some instances where we were tracking it in real time, watching it move, you know, via the, the radio receiver, watching it move, um, and, and responding to stimulus that it was having in the, in the environment. What I mean by that is there were, some, there were some guys out running their dogs, and we were actually tracking this animal and seeing how it was changing its behavior based on where these dogs were. Um, so, again, the, the, there just isn't a very long list of animals purported to exist in the Washita Mountains that could have been the one that we were tracking. So, again, you have to sort of make the leap that, that you know, wood ape is, is plausible, that it may exist. If you could make that leap, then I think this data can be very exciting. If you're a person who simply can't believe that wood apes exist, and this is just going to be another thing you're going to basically ignore or poo-poo, um, but for me and for many people in our group, it's it's just stunningly <laughs> remarkable. It's amazing stuff. It is. It is. And hey, I, I don't want to uh, to take advantage of your time, and I appreciate you waiting on us. And uh, yeah, no problem. I we want to do this again. I I mean, I, I I we should do this again. This would be great. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm always game. Like I said, if I would have been able to get up here earlier, I was just going to geek out with you and talk nerd shit. Um, and, uh, I would, uh, I, I really, I told Matt today that I said that the most important thing was to finally touch base with this dude. Cause on some levels I felt like I was probably kind of stalking you for a while, but you know, what we'll do is, is after, after, uh, episode two of Apes Among Us comes out, we, we should come back on and talk about it in more detail because it's just going to be just full of, of like just ridiculously cool stuff that, that. I'm sure you and your audience will have a lot of questions about. I, I, I would love to come back on and, and talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I would like to, uh, at some level, kind of talk to you about some of the stuff that I've experienced within this past year, just because yeah. I, within the last six months, have had my... Yeah, I was listening to one of your shows about that, and uh, it sounds... Yeah, I would love to hear more about that. Yeah, you know, just, well, just starting out there in Boggy Creek and just, uh, as a joke, getting howled at by two different individuals very close um to now it's just been it's been wild so i feel like i've paralleled you in a lot of ways but i hadn't seen anything i've just heard some weird stuff but yeah well you gotta start somewhere yeah yeah for sure (laughs) Um, the way you'll see something is by putting yourself where they are that's what i know for a fact yeah yeah um well hey i'm gonna let you go um i don't know if it's uh if it's Oak Island that you're trying to make the nine o'clock time for, or what? No, I got to go pick up my daughter from dance class. Oh, uh, hey, <laughs> I know. Do you only have the one? I got a daughter and a son, and he can drive, but he can't go get her, so I'm stuck. No, congratulations stuck on her. She just got accepted into college, right? He did. Yeah, he did. He's, oh, he he's did. Going, yeah, he's going to uh, to Mizzou in the fall. That's awesome. So cool. that's really exciting. Yeah. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. That's it. Yep. Uh, well, cool, man. Well, we'll let you go get her, and um, I'll be in touch. You know, now that awesome. now that we uh, we have connect, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, and as soon great. as we get this out, I'll shoot it to you. I'll be, I'm looking forward to it. All Good right. luck with episode two. I look forward to hearing it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot. All right, Brian, get out of here. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Yo, has this been a wild and wacky year for you? It has, you know, um, 
every, every time I make the, the journey down to area, something different and crazy happens, and this year has been no exception. We didn't have any physical sightings this year, but it's, I definitely had some very odd things happen to me. Um, I don't know if Brian covered this or not when we when I got cut off, but we were down there together for a week this summer, and we spent the night away from camp down near the creek where we like to hunt by, and we spent the night down there in Hammocks just to see you know what would happen if we were down there in Hammocks just as general campers, you know, playing campers. We were down there, and we were just chatting. Um, we weren't uh, trying to elicit any sort of activity or anything. And from the distance, both of us heard just this odd, I would describe it as an angelic choir-like singing vocalization. And really? This, yeah. Okay, yeah. now wait a minute. I've heard Alton say that he's heard the same thing. Right. And Alton was on that same team as we were when that happened. And that was one of the things that I had always wanted to hear. I heard Alton explain it, and I was just thinking, man, that's insane. I have to hear that. And, you know, I've got, like, this sort of Bigfoot bingo card of things that I like to check off, and hearing that angel choir sound was definitely one of the checks that I would like, wanted to hit. And we were down there in the creek that night, and we just happened to be in the right place at the right time, and both of us heard just the crazy angelic, sort of singing sound, and it was totally bizarre. I have no explanation Did it sound it, like more than... It. Did it sound like more than one individual, or or what? No, it was one individual that we heard. Okay. Um, it it went on and off for a few minutes, and then we didn't hear it again for another 20 minutes or so. And then 20 minutes later, after we heard it the first time, it was farther off of the distance, so it sounded like the animal had moved away from us. But we definitely both heard it. Okay. And Okay, th- this is crazy, too. Uh, this is just from the other day when I was in Washington, and if you can't hear it, I'll like you'll hear it in post, or I'll send you this clip. But I, I think you should be able to hear this one. For some reason, I think this is louder. But check this out, and this is what I have it labeled as: is singing. Okay. It's, it, yeah, it sounds like somebody like humming a like song to themselves. Lionel like, Richie or something. The best way that I can describe what Brian and I heard that night was just literally somebody sitting out in the middle of nowhere in this mountain range just practicing opera singing. Yeah, um, that's they were, crazy. Yeah, it was just one, one voice holding out a soprano note like, ah! and this went on for a minute or two. Wow. It's so badass. Uh, I, we are uh, we're just getting uh, one of the things that my buddy up there and and I have been fascinated with, and since he's been doing this for so long and kind of collecting audio and everything, is uh, figuring out that they're hearing the same sort of stuff all the way up in the Pacific Northwest and hearing it down in Arkansas or. Which, you know, basically, for all intents and purposes, it's not the Wachita's, but that little four-corner section of Texas, 
Arkansas, Louisiana. That's, you know, that's the sticks. That's the back end of the Wachita's, as it were. I mean, it's more the Ozarks, I guess. But uh, I'm completely blown away, fascinated with the fact that, uh, for instance, um, what we were calling like the baboon, the the wahoo noise that he has recordings of it from Alabama to Washington and a few other points in between. And that just trips me out that there would be anything that you would relate to as singing because uh, that was the only thing that we could figure out how to quantify that. Right. And I have absolutely no explanation for it. What I don't understand is why are you guys not recording at all? Right. I was going to say my, my, charge to you guys is roll audio constantly dude seriously that's something that we've actually talked about this off season you You just gotta fucking get yourself a recorder and just set it outside (laughs) the tent you know like i mean just do it for your own sake and then if you ever need help that's see here's the crazy thing i i remember when brian was talking about how like oh my god we have so much data that we don't even have enough people to look at all the pictures and listen to all the audio and um, and I totally get that. What I've been completely blown away by now is this theory of looking at audio where it's not like you're like an old ghost adventures episode where you're just having to sit there and listen for three hours straight to the audio you collected. It's literally putting it in a program and you just kind of like scroll through. And then when you see an anomaly, you kind of zero in on that. It right. Totally and changed I've done the game. That before. Yeah, you have? Uh, I, I've done it before with Audacity. Um, right. Last year, or not last summer, but the summer before that, I put out just a little crappy audio recorder and stuck it out overnight just to see if I caught anything. And I tried to encourage you know, our other team members to do that, but for the most part, our focus has been on specimen collections, you know, which is our number one priority. But this year, we are going to get back you're putting more audio recorders out and just collecting more data and evidence. Because right. when we do get our when we do get our specimen, all that stuff is going to matter. You know, we're, it, we'll, we'll learn a lot more. Exactly, and I mean, you're doing a podcast, <laughs> so <laughs> get audio for that podcast. If you are able to land really kick-ass stuff, uh, I mean, being an audiophile and being in radio, and so being really, really focused on that medium, it means a whole lot to Matt and I, but. Um, that like that, what that audio that they released with the monograph, um, was mind boggling to me in a lot of ways because it, there's obviously something going on there. I mean, it's either Daryl Collier standing out there next to the cabin, huffing and grunting and throwing a rock, or there's something, you know, it's eight. Well, I wouldn't put it past Daryl to do that. (laughs) (laughs) but there is definitely something other than daryl doing that out there there's no doubt and i will put this out there we i'll give this as a teaser we did get some very interesting audio that same week that brian and i heard the singing um we had uh, dr angelo caparella with us and he put out some great audio recording equipment and we caught something very very interesting that we will be putting out in one of our eights among us podcasts probably in episode two or three Cool. So there is something to look forward to. That's right. awesome, man. Um, you realize how lucky you are. You get to, you get to sit in the truck and drive down to Area X with Brian. I'm incredibly lucky. <laughs> I, you know, it. Uh, I was a big fan of Bigfoot Show for a long time before I finally decided to reach out to him. And 
as it turns out, I'd only live like half an hour away from him. Yeah. So, yeah, anytime I go down to X now, most of the time Brian is with me. I remember him bitching about how he'd love to meet some people in Minnesota that were into it, but he just couldn't. So, well, that's uh, we we gained we gained steam over the years. I think we've got five members in Minnesota now. Oh yeah. So we're we're slowly growing. That's slowly nice. Growing. Yeah. Um. I was going to tell you, there's somebody over here in Grapevine that's in the that's in the Nawak. I mean the NAWAC. Sorry, <laughs> Thank you. Um, because of uh, I've seen the bumper sticker, and one day when I was looking um, on uh, BigfootEncounters.com or whatever, I saw an encounter report from a doctor that said he was in Texas and he resided in Grapevine. And I was wondering if that, if that dude was in your group, but I can't think of his name now. Um, the only doctor that I can recall that lives in Texas that's in our group is Dr. Ken Helmer. We also call him Sawbones for short. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, He's the one that got shoved through the window. Right, yep, same guy. So I don't I don't know if he submitted anything to anything outside of yeah, her, but that would be the only one that I could think of. I don't think it was him. It may have just been, you know, just a random person that had the sticker on their car in Grapevine and then Grapevine's kind of a touristy town and then just so happens that a dude that he work I can't remember what he works at that little that that medical center right there off of one fourteen. And oh, it was yeah. just like a I saw something in Oklahoma standing on the side of a hill. <laughs> Wasn't a bear. That's all I got for you. <laughs> okay. um, one of those kind of reports, but it's a very solid sighting, right? No, that doesn't sound like Helmer. Helmer had a sighting in that same creek where he had several yeah. sightings, and he saw a black one kind of peek out of the yeah, peek out of the woods at him a couple of different times. It peeked out at him, then it ducked back into the woods, then it peeked out again. And by the time Helmer could even realize what it was, it was gone. Just like you know, the rest of our stories, right? Right. Um. What do you do during the day? What's your day job? I am a inside salesman for a building supply company here in Minnesota. Okay. How's Match.com working out for you? <laughs> well, I'm not on Match. No? Um, I won't say what uh, what dating app I'm on, but I am single. So I'll just I'll just throw that out there. If you're looking for a single seller slash Bigfoot hunter, I am your guy. You're the man. Squatchdate.com. <laughs> Squatchdate.com. There it is. Yeah, I was actually um I don't want to say this uh, or say her name exactly, but there's somebody that all three of us, you would everybody in the game would know who it is. And uh she when I asked her how she met the guy that she was with and she told me match.com. I was like, holy balls, girl. <laughs> you realize people are going to, f- like, if I just told people that you met your boyfriend that way, like, I'd buy stock before I did it and do some insider <laughs> trading because it would shoot through the roof. No, man, you uh, you just seem like a really cool dude and it's been a lot of fun catching up with you and I appreciate you putting our show and Brian's ear holes as much as you can. Yeah, sure. No problem. It's, uh, you know, I, I always like talking about our experiences down there and I feel like it doesn't get shared enough. I know a lot of people probably are skeptical about what we're putting out there, 
but I, I swear on my life that everything that we say has happened to us has happened. I've been there. I've experienced that. I've seen these things. Yeah. It's all real. Yeah. I to- it's I, incredible. T- dude, I totally, even if I don't necessarily know most of the time what it is that the F is going on around me, I, I, I've gotten to the point where I don't care if anybody believes it or not. I mean, I, I like to have some sort of something to show them, but I've been in this boat where just, again, since the last week in April, beginning of May, I felt like somebody flipped my boat over and uh, made me look at some things a little bit differently. And, you know, it's uh, it's fascinating. The woods are a fascinating place, especially when it doesn't seem like you're alone. Right. And I, I can attest to that when you're in Area X and you're there for a week, you never feel alone. There's always something going on. Right. Well, I mean, if nothing else, is cicadas and tree frogs will keep you company. <laughs> cicadas, tree frogs, we've had, we had a lot of bear encounters this year, uh, more than we've had in previous years. We've had bears walk right into camp when we're in camp. Yeah. Um, it's, just, it's a wild place, man. There's, there's a lot of stuff that happens there. Yeah. What's the biggest black bear you've seen? Biggest black bear I've seen is actually here in Minnesota. I got it on my trail camera. Probably weighs three hundred to four hundred pounds. Yeah. Live weight. That's a that's a good size boy. Yeah. It's crazy how agile those little things are. You know, it's crazy how agile the wood apes are too. I've seen one running at full speed, and I've never seen anything like it. It looked like it was floating across the woods. I think I mentioned that the first time I was on your show, and. Right. The way that these things can move through those mountains, it's unbelievable, and you really have to see it to believe it. Yeah. Well, man, we appreciate the time again. Um, this is going to be a pretty quick turnaround on this one, and um, you know, uh, appreciate all of your guys' support for what we got going on, and um, glad that we're getting to be buds. Yeah, I am too. Um, you know, anytime you want us on, I'm happy to come on. We appreciate that, sir. All right, gentlemen. Well, thank you. Have a good one. Good luck with the show. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, Brandon. Take it easy. Bye-bye.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.